Yeah, I don't know about you, but man, yesterday when you, you start seeing things, uh, flashbacks and news stories and all those things, and, and it, it just brought back all those memories, right? And you're like, man, we've come so far, but yet it feels like we're right back in it. And so I know that this message this morning will be a blessing to you uh, because it's straight out of the Word, and the Word is always something that gives us hope. So this time we'll dismiss our children, and then we'll get right into the Word as I open us up in prayer. I'm gonna do it with my clicker. I broke my clicker last night. <laughs> we won't talk about that though. I thought about breaking the TV. It's not the TV's fault. All right, breakthrough is coming. Anybody want a breakthrough? Anybody looking for a breakthrough? It's not a rhetorical question. If you're looking for a breakthrough, this is the message for you. Uh, God always provides those breakthroughs. Uh, it, you know, it, it can be crazy during the day, man, but what always comes in the morning? What is our promise in the Bible, in Scripture, in the truth that comes in the morning? Joy. Joy. Joy comes in the morning. Um, listen, that's the thing. We got to keep the main thing the main thing, church. We got to keep the main thing the main thing. All this stuff that's going on is crazy. We know it's coming. We know it's going to get worse. But what about us right now? What's God's message for us today? What does he want us to do today? And, and, and that part hasn't changed. And we're going to see that this morning. So let's pray. And, uh, and then we'll get into it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true. It's always on time. Thank you, Father, for blessing us this morning with allowing us to see Jesus in every portion of scripture and and, and telling us exactly what you would have us do right now, and more importantly, what you're doing right now. Father, thank you for your great love for us and for this planet, the world. Father, thank you for loving people right where they are. God, thank you for speaking through me and, and just giving me wisdom this morning, Father, for the people to receive it. We look forward to what you have for us with great expectation. Thank you for always being for us in Jesus name the church say amen. amen breakthrough is coming is this Jacob I might need you brother bam no no I got it did you do that or did I do that Dang. all right all right uh Matthew 18 1 at at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying who then is the greatest I don't know why that's in there Hebrews 13 about there let let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes it feels like God is not there. Sometimes we feel like God is doing something else and we can't understand it. This is the main thing that we got to know. God will never leave us. Say, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's always with us. Always with us. So if you're alone right now, and you're social distancing, and you're having to sit at home at work, and you're going, God, what are you doing? You got to know this. You're not alone. He's with you. He's always with you. He's never going to leave you, ever going to leave you. And you got to know that when, when he feels like he's not there, he is there. And not only is he, is he there, but he's also doing something amazing. Amazing. You know why he's doing something amazing now, and we can have confidence in that? Because the Bible says that God's not putting any more wrath on the world. Why is that? Uh, Jesus took all the wrath. God's not holding the world's transgressions against them. That's exactly what it says. How can a holy God say that? Because it was paid for. Now, there will be a day when that wrath does come. But the Bible tells us, as believers, we have been freed from that wrath. Isn't that a good place to be? You don't have to fear the wrath that's coming. You know why? Because Jesus took your wrath. He did it for you. That's, that's how much he loves you. The, the verse before this, what I wanted to show you was, it says we're two or three together, right? So even in a small group, if you're in a small group, Jesus is in the midst of you. If you're alone and you're by yourself somewhere, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? All right, Paul. Looks like you. Did you do it? Yes. And my God shall supply all. Say all. Think about that. Don't just read it. Meditate on it. He's going to supply what? All. All, all your needs according to 
his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. A lot of times we read that, that God's going to supply our needs according to our nation's resources or according to our boss's resources or our company's resources. That's not true. All your needs will be met by who? His resources. God. And they're not cheap. Look, they're ri the riches. It doesn't say the poorest amount, what's left over. God gave us Jesus. He's going to give us the best. Amen? So God will supply all your needs. These are things we need to keep in mind when we think that we don't know what's going on and things are about to be taken away and, 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 and will Titan come into the church or whatever. We don't worry about that. You know why? Who's our supplier? God supplies it through that, through the, the, the avenue of Jesus Christ dying for us. He's our provider, our protector. Will he give us wisdom? That's, that's up to us. What does it say? If you lack wisdom, let him ask. ask. How many of you are asking for wisdom? <laughs> it seems so simple. Let him ask. How many of you guys have asked the Lord for wisdom? And that's not a condemnation thing, man. I'm telling you. I'm reminding you. You have that ability. He's there. He's never left. Ask him for wisdom, and he'll show it to you. Amen? But as far as... Uh, Worrying about what's going on out there, I want you to know that no matter what, if everything was taken away, you got to know that God's going to be your supply. You got to have faith in that. Amen? Do you believe that, church? Amen. Heck yeah, man. Look at this, Mark 6. This is the story that we're going to kind of focus on. It's, it's the, the feeding of the 5,000. You know what? This story is in all four Gospels. Why? Important. There's something there for us to study, right? All four Gospels tell of this story. It's unbelievable. All right, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Did I do that right? <laughs> now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Uh, then he saw them straining and rowing for the wind was against them now about the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by so here's the thing man you got to know that that's a picture of where the church is today the church today is on a boat in the middle of the sea being tossed and torn and, and whatever the other word is they're tossed around from from here from fro to there <laughs> fro I don't know where that word came from, from here and fro. <laughs> when I think of fro, anyway, I want you to know, that's where the church is today. We're wondering why God has got us, first of all, I want you to hear me clearly. The coronavirus is not from God. It's not. God put all that stuff on Jesus. He's not punishing the world anymore. If he is still punishing the world for their sin, what was the point of Jesus? The coronavirus is from the pit of hell. Amen? And, and, and so we got to understand that, that, yeah, why are we separated? Why, why do we feel like we're having to work from home and, 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 we have to, and we're isolated, man? These disciples are a picture of the church being isolated in a boat. It feels like we're in a boat and we're being tossed around. But what was Jesus doing? It's a picture of where we are today. Jesus was high up on the mountain. Where's he at right now? He's seated at the right hand of God. What's he doing? He's praying for the disciples. What's he doing for us? He is making intercession on our behalf. <laughs> Nothing's changed. The situation changed. We've never seen something like this, but there are generations that have seen stuff like this and worse. And there'll be generations ahead of us that see something like this and much worse. But what I'm telling you today, we got to have faith that God, our Father in heaven, is doing some amazing things right now. It's a picture of where the church is today. All right? Oh, sorry. I had a note up there. Oh, that's not part of it. I know you don't want me to hit that. That is not where we are. Oh, really? You got it? Or you want me to get it? Nope, I'm finding it. <laughs> there. All right. When you focus on Jesus, you will find rest. So, when you focus on the storm, what are you going to have? Anxiety. Stress. And a lot of people have that today. Anxiety. 
and stress, worry, fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. How do you have that, man? you got to focus on Jesus. During this time, you focus on Jesus and not all the nonsense that's going around out there. What is God doing? The one question that believers need to ask themselves when something like this is going on around us, what is God doing? Is he in charge? Does any of this catch God by surprise? No. So what is he doing? Is he doing something to destroy the world again? No. no. Why? He did that. He put all that on Jesus, right? Jesus took the full wrath of God. So what is he doing? It's got to be something good for us. He will make this work for us. Amen? Do you believe that, church? It's just, it's what are you believing? What are you focusing on? So look at this. Uh, John 6, 2 through 6, this is the same different gospel. I want you to see this, the, the difference here. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. Are there any diseased people out there today? Yeah, there are. In fact, even people that don't have the disease are being made to look like they have a disease. What was the purpose? To separate. Do you think God is in the business of separating? No, God, when you know it's from the Lord, it's encouraging, it's life-building, and it's edifying. If you feel like something is being separated, that's not from the Lord. Separation is from confusion. There is an author of confusion. The devil. Amen? I am not diseased. I'm not like some, but I'm not diseased. In fact, I can help them with what's in my blood. Amen? I'm not the antibody. I'm the for the body. You feel me? <laughs> I tell people that when I walk in their office every day. The for the body is here. What y'all need? Okay. Sorry. We should always go back to scripture. And Bob, your laugh is unbelievable, man. <laughs> it ain't me. It's you. I love it. Love it. Right. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Uh, now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Why? Have you guys ever seen this? You know the story. But why does it say, now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near? Isn't that interesting? What is the Passover? What happened? You remember they had to put the blood on the doorpost, right? And the angel of death passed over them, and they, were, and, they, and they were saved. They lived that day. That is a picture of what Jesus has done for us, right? He is the true Passover lamb. Death no longer has a sting when it comes to us. Amen? Yeah. So it says, now the Passover, a feast of the Jews. Who's writing this? But he's telling us this for a reason. It's a feast of the Jews, right? The Passover feast of the Jews was near. So then it goes on to say, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Uh, but this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. This Passover is, is, is a picture of where the church is today. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful picture of what God is doing today. We have a lot of fear right now about, uh, about death, about disease, and, and, and all that stuff, right? And, and it's because we're being inundated with it. It's what we're focused on. It's what we're being forced to focus on. But I'm here to tell you, if you focus on that and you call it wisdom, we got to have wisdom. We gotta, let me tell you something. If you don't mention Jesus, if you're not focused on your Savior, your healer, the one who paid for it, then we're all base. And people will say, I'm crazy. There's people that say you're crazy if you speak that way. But it is by faith. It's got to be. That's what the Bible tells us. Either it's true or it's not, church. We can't pick and choose. Don't walk in fear. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Amen? Amen. Shake that off. <laughs> Do that. Do that in public. Now, what are you doing? I'm shaking fear. You try it? You want to play in the churches? 
If you do decide to try that, let me know so I can meet you up there. I want to see you. <laughs> All right, uh, Paul, I don't want to touch it. Go to the next one. I didn't try. You, you did that, right? Uh, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Uh, now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. We saw that. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. What does that mean? <laughs> Imagine being on the boat. Seeing Jesus walk on the water, he would have passed him by. How would that have made the disciples feel? It's Jesus, man. What? what? Jesus. What was that? What was that? He just walked right by us. Do you think Jesus would ever walk by someone in stress? No. A lot of people say that this, this uh, corona thing is a sign of the end of the times. It's coming. I'm telling you, it is not a sign of the end of the times. We, we will not be here. During that time. Amen. It is not revelation. When people say it's revelation. It's not revelation. We won't be here for this. That's good news. Amen. Amen. And the blink and I will be called up. When Jesus comes back the second time. We are coming back with him. Amen. Yeah. Yes. And, and hopefully we won't have that attitude. Where, hey Jesus get that one. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. Right? We can't have that attitude. <laughs> Even though you're all laughing because somebody just popped into your mind. You're like, yeah, Jesus, get that one. Take him. <laughs> right? And hopefully. Or her. Or her, yeah. There's a lot of, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. All right. For they all saw him and were troubled. They saw him and were troubled. Don't forget that. They saw Jesus and were troubled. Usually when you see Jesus, what? You're not troubled. Why were they troubled when they saw Jesus? Right? Uh, but immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Uh, then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure. And marveled. They were greatly amazed and marveled. At what? Anybody know? What was Jesus doing? Walking on the water. That's what he's doing today for us, church. That's what he's doing for us today. He's still walking on the storm. The storm is beneath his feet. None of this catches him by surprise. He's still in complete control. Y'all signed it. People are making decisions we're not happy about. Let me tell you something. God did not. This didn't catch him by surprise. He's got a perfect, perfect plan. Perfect plan. And we and listen, I'm I I'll be the first to tell people, man, I listen, I don't believe that. What do you mean you don't believe it? I don't believe it. It's not for me. You, 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 you're crazy, man. You're trying to kill people. You don't receive all that condemnation. It's not for Amen. you. Amen. You don't have that kind of power. I certainly don't have that kind of power. You can stand your ground, but you don't ever have to defend God, because you can. <laughs> Amen? God can defend himself. What we are called to do, stand firm in who we are, who he made us to be. Amen? Amen? Stand firm in who you are. Don't be shaken on that boat in the storm. You stand firm on who God created you to be. Amen? And then you love people. If they don't receive it back, that's on them. That's on them. But we're called to love them. Amen? But you do stand firm. You're not that, you're not going to be, a, we're not called to be a doormat. Amen? That, that we got to get rid of that stigma that Christians are called to, to lay down. And No, we're not called to be a doormat. If we don't stand on what we believe, how in the world are people going to know who Christ is? It's the Holy Spirit in us. When we stand firm, that Holy Spirit is testifying and drawing people Amen. to the Father. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. And he's never going to draw somebody using words of wrath and anger coming out of a believer's mouth. Mm -hmm. You can stand firm without being crazy. I've done both. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I've done both. I find it works better. A kind word turns away wrath. A kind word does not mean you're, you're, you're giving up your beliefs. You're giving up your anger. <laughs> Which is what Jesus did on the cross when he said not a word. Could he have said a word? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't have had to say, hey, Jesus, get that one. Jesus said, I got him. I got him. Aren't you glad? If you, were, if, if you were on that cross and you had a chance to come down, would you have come down? Yeah. Let it be known. Let it be known. Thumping people in the head. For they had not understood. Oh, this is interesting. So uh, they were, the wind seed, they were greatly amazed in themselves. Beyond measure, they were amazed and marveled. Why? It tells you. Four. They had not understood about the what? Have any of you guys ever seen that in this story? And nothing's in there by chance. So they just witnessed a miracle in God taking something and making, taking nothing and making something, right? Those, those, those loaves and fishes multiplied. Multiplied in a basket. Jesus had those people sit down in groups of 50. There were there was 15,000 people there. And he fed them all. And not only did he feed them all, there were 12 baskets left over. And not only were there 12 baskets left over, we're talking provision, right? But they ate until they were full. It wasn't like, God, you're just going to get enough. When they were full, when they said, I can't do anymore. Anybody ever felt like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah boy. I'm going to feel like that today when we go to lunch. But I just want you to know, when you get that full and you say, God, enough, it's, it stopped. But then it ceased, really, because there were 12 baskets left over. Amen? That's our Father. That's what he does. Now, that just happened. And then, and then Jesus said, hey, go get on the boat. Why would Jesus tell his disciples to go get on the boat? What was going on right then, right after Jesus did that? Do you guys remember? Crowds were pressing upon him. They wanted to make him what? king. And what did he say? It's not my time. It's not my time. But they were wanting to make him king. So Jesus putting his disciples on the boat ahead of him was a sign that Jesus was getting them out of the chaos of the crowd. Put them in a boat. They get out in the middle. It starts storming. It says they're in the middle of the sea, right? The middle of the sea. That's not like a lake. <laughs> it's a sea where you can't see land, right? It is a See, and so they're in the middle of it, struggling, struggling, and but they get they get afraid of the wind, right? And people say they're afraid. Why? Because Jesus is walking up. No, they saw Jesus and were still afraid. But this is what it tells you. It tells you right here why they were afraid, why they marveled. What did they do? They had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Hardened toward what? God's miracles, God's provision. Whenever you forget God's miracles and the way he provides, they, it should not have shocked them that Jesus was walking on the water because he just made a bunch of fish and bread. But you know why it shocked them? Because they didn't meditate on the miracles. I'm here to tell you today, church, God is still doing miracles today. You see it all over the place. God is doing miracles today. And if we fail to, there's consequences for not meditating on God's miracles. There's no condemnation. There's consequences. Amen? Would you agree? So, uh, this is the King James version of this verse. It's closer to the original Greek. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. For their heart was hardened. Their heart. How many people are in the boat? Y'all like, well, um. <laughs> how many disciples were there? Twelve. Twelve. In both, right? But it says their hearts, shouldn't it say their hearts? Their heart, collectively, their heart, they're a picture of the church. Collectively, when we fail to see that God is still a God of miracles today, our hearts are hardened and we are troubled. We're worried. We're fearful. Even when we see Jesus. Even in church, we still can be afraid of things have that spirit of fear which God didn't give us right the disciples they knew who Jesus was they just witnessed a miracle and then 
three hours later or whatever it is, they, 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 they forgot about it and they were afraid again. But you got to focus on his miracles. If you don't, there's a consequence. Your heart will be hardened and you will be shocked by things. Anybody being shocked by things lately? You're like, what? Where are we? What is this? Where is that sign-up sheet in D.C.? Right? You're shocked by everything. But we got to remember, God is a God of miracles. Today, he's still a God of miracles. Don't put your faith in the government. Don't put your faith in people. Don't even put your faith in me. Put your faith in Jesus. And trust him. He will always get you through it. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Beautiful. Right, Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side of Bethesda while he was still, while, no, while he sent the multitude away. So see, that's the multitude that was pressing him. Um, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Again, this is where Jesus is today, seated at the right hand of God. The, the Bible tells us that he's making intercession for us. We don't have to be afraid. You know what we proclaim every day? Thank you, Father. You are my protector. You are my family's protector. You are my provider, and I'll rest in that. Every day I say that. It's who you are. It's what he's done for you. And you get out, what's going to happen? Immediately you're going to be tested in what you just said. And you know what you do then? Thank you, Father. You are my provider, my protector. You just keep saying it because that's who he is. Your situation does not change who he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is for you today. If he's for you, the Bible says, what can be against you? What in your day can be against you? Can your boss? Can your co-workers? Can the news? Can journalists? <laughs> you can go on and on and on. Can any of those people be against you? In the natural, they're against you. But you have a protector. Bible says those weapons will be formed, but they will not prosper. They will be, they're being formed all around us. We're forming some in our own head. Amen. I heard a doctor in Lake City the other day say, man, if I had one gift, it would be to have those Superman eyes where you just burn stuff. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, what are you drinking? But part of me was like, yeah, that's a great idea, man. You just turn them on. Somebody yell at you. <laughs> Next. Y'all think like that? Okay, good. I'm out there grilling yesterday. Little shish kebab things. Bella's out there talking and yelling at me or something. I took those little things that you take the steaks with. I put it up to her head. And I'm like, I'm mushing your head right now. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Oh, what was that show from? Was that Saturday Night Live skit where they were mushing heads? Anyway, that's how my mind thinks. Let's get back to scripture. Uh, and we had sent them away, departed, went to the mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle. Say middle. 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 Keep that in mind. The boat is in the middle. Middle of the sea. And he was alone on the land. Then he commanded them to make them. Oh, so this is a picture of, you got to remember that. Go back one, Paul. Sorry. So, yeah, so the, the, the boat was in the middle of the sea. But you remember, he, he commanded the disciples to get into the boat. Say he commanded. There's a reason why, right? He commanded them to get in the boat. Why? He was trying to get them away from that crowd that was pressing on them. Okay? They had business taken care of. Now, go back to, to uh, the other verse, Mark 6, 39, I believe it is, Paul. It says that he made the people sit down. Why would Jesus make the people sit down? What is sitting a picture of? Rest. So is there, is there stress going on? Yeah, man, people are hungry. They're hungry. There's 15,000 of them hungry. They're stressed. Jesus calmly says, this is who he is. This is how you know he's in control. Because if we're, trying, if we're faced with something like that, we start stressing. We start pointing people. But a good leader is in complete control. And Jesus has never lost control, ever. People say he lost control when he went to the temple. He didn't lose control. How do you know he lost control? Because he flipped the table over? He was angry. He may have been angry, but the Bible doesn't say he was angry. 
He's in control. He's cool, calm, collected all the time, even when he was hanging on the cross. He's always in control. So Jesus said he, he, he commanded them to make them sit down in groups on the green grass. Does green grass remind you of another verse? He makes me lie down in green pastures, yeah, by the still waters, manuka waters. Remember that? Manuka. <laughs> Why'd you look away, man? <laughs> he makes them. It's a place of rest, church. It's a place. That's why he made the people sit down. It's a place of rest. That's why he put the disciples in the boat. It's a place of rest. But wait a minute, there's a storm. No, the storm came later. Jesus was always with them, though. He was always looking at them. The Bible says he was looking at them in the middle. In the middle of the sea, he saw them. In the middle of the storm, he saw them. Right now, this place where we're at, we're in the middle of a storm. I want you to know he sees you. And he's there for you. Amen? We gotta, we gotta keep that on our, our, the, on the front of our thoughts. They call that the, the forefront. Yeah, pretty sure. For, <laughs> security. <laughs> security. <laughs> so fifty-seven one. Be merciful to me, O oh God. Be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. Do you trust in the Father? It's, it's a, not a rhetorical question, church. we got to understand, yes, our trust has to be in him. Even if it's a little bit, we have to trust him, right? And, and in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge. We're saying, God, in the shadow of your wings, I'll make my refuge until this COVID virus has passed away. We got to believe that we can sit right there in the wings of a loving father who has paid the price by his son dying for you and for me. This will pass. And you know what? There'll be another one and another. And it'll change. There'll be a new name, another name. The, the, the Lombardi is next, whatever. It's going to be names everywhere. Let me tell you something, church. What doesn't change is the Bible, the truth, that we can find refuge under his wings. Amen. People that don't know the Lord, maybe even some people that do know the Lord. What does that look like? Like God's not a bird. I can't just go tug up under his wings. It's by faith. It's a vision. It's a picture of who he is. How do we abide under his wings? How do we find refuge there? We say, man, we say, be merciful to me, O God. This is old covenant. Thank you, Father, that I can rest in you. Thank you that you're my healer. Thank you that you're my restorer, my provider. If I do get symptoms, if I do get COVID, I know I had Jesus. And I stand on that. He has paid that price for me. And you speak by faith. When you guys, if you're like me, when you get sick, you speak by sickness. What do you do? I got a fever. I got a sore throat. I got the chills. I got gas. <laughs> Why is that one funny? Doctor says it may have diabetes. There's something in it. If, if you get if you get a message from a dermatologist, I see it because I call on dermatologists. You get a message, you get something on your skin. Doctor says, man, we got to cut that out. And that may be cancer. What do we do? Get on Facebook. I have cancer. Wait a minute. Do you? What well, doctor said I may. The doctor said you might. What should we speak out? And doctor thinks I might have it, but let me just tell you something. I know I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. Jesus himself bore my sicknesses and my diseases. Jesus is the name above cancer. Yeah, you might have symptoms. Doesn't change who he is. Amen? All right. Hey, we're doing all right, church. We're almost done. Psalm 10789. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. He's literally said, oh, that we would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. The word goodness there is grace. He said, give thanks. He's like, oh, that you would give thanks for his goodness. Is he good? Is God good? Yeah. How many times do we thank him? And that's not a condemnation, church. You're, you're restoring, you're repenting, and you're turning your thoughts back toward the Bible, toward the truth. Amen? This is not a condemning thing. This is just God saying, hey, remember, give me thanks. He's pretty, he's pretty worth it. And for his wonderful works 
to the children of men. Give thanks to God because he's good. Give thanks to God because he's doing wonderful things. Right now, God is doing a wonderful thing. We might not see what he's doing, but we got to know it's a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. And then he says, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Now, this is a picture of John 6 and Mark 6. Look at this. You remember what Jesus did with the baskets? What did he do with that basket? You remember he lifted it up and what? Gave thanks. He gave thanks. And guess what? What happened after Jesus gave thanks? This. He satisfied the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. That's what God does. You start to give thanks. If you feel like you, you, you're losing something in your soul, start to give thanks. Give thanks. That's what Jesus did when he fed the 5,000. Isn't that amazing? Psalm 10789. Blew me away. So, uh, sorry, I just hit the wrong button. That's it. I'll stay right there. So this is Mark 6:48. Then he saw them straining at the rowing, for the wind was against them. Don't you feel like there's a lot of things against the church today? A lot of things against the church today, right? Uh, for the wind was against them. Now, about the fourth watch, you know, you guys remember what that was? What is it? The darkest part of the night. The fourth watch, right? Are we in a dark place right now? Does it seem like we're in a dark place right now? Yeah, it does. In the darkest time, the fourth watch, it feels like. We always feel when something like this is going on right now that the end of the world is near, man. You better get your butt in church. Christ is coming back next week. You better get right. It's never been this dark. There's some Jewish people that would disagree with you. We got to remember, this is not the end. There might be signs that are coming, but the Bible also says that God performs signs and wonders, miracles. The, the, the earth is groaning. When you hear the rocks start to speak, that's when you know, oh, he's coming back. <laughs> You sit down on a rock and say, hey, get off me. Oh, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> All right, so the women's against them. It was the fourth watch night. He came to them. Don't forget that. In your darkest time, who comes to you? Jesus. No, you got to go to Jesus. You got to get right and go to No, he comes to you. You know why? He loves you, right? He was walking on the sea. The very thing they were afraid of, Jesus was on top of it. The very thing you're afraid of right now, today, because of all the stuff, I want you to know Jesus is on top of it. Amen. Don't forget who he is. Right? <laughs> and would have passed them by. That's the craziest part. I, I, have you guys seen that before? You ever meditate on it? He would have passed them by. This is how this is not a picture. Some people say this story is a, is a picture of the end times. Jesus is not going to pass by people that love him and have accepted him. He won't. He would have passed them by. You know why it says he would have passed them by? Because he was giving them a chance. He was basically saying, hey, do you really want me? Do you really want me? And right now, the Lord is saying that. Do you really want me? During this dark time, the storm that we're in right now, it's crazy out there. Are we willingly receiving Jesus into our situations? You understand what I'm saying, church? Are we asking Jesus to get in our boat? He would have passed him by. He's putting that on, he put that on the disciples to ask him to get into the boat. And today, for us today, as dark as it is out there, are we willingly asking Jesus to come into our situation? What happens when Jesus comes into our situation? What happens when we focus on Jesus? We find rest, peace, and prosperity. That's who he is. That's what he does. Ooh, did we already do this? Friday night? All right. Next. Next. <coughs> there it is. Invite him into your boat. Not only into your boat, what does it mean for us today? What is God doing for us today? Invite him into your situation. Whatever it is you're dealing with. If it's mental, if you got some people you're angry at, at work, on TV, wherever it is. If you got people you're angry at, you can be angry at me right now in this church. Anybody angry with me? Whatever it is, man, ask Jesus into your situation. You know why? What happens when Jesus steps in that boat? 
The storm what? It calms down. How many of you guys need that storm in you? Calm down. Peace brought into that situation. This is what you do. You willingly invite Jesus into your situation. Just like they did. He brought in. What did Jesus say? Shalom. Shalom. Peace. And when he said peace, there was a complete, it says there was a, a perfect peace. Not, not just peace, but a perfect peace came upon them. Yeah? So they, they did not consider the miracle. They got scared again, but then they invited Jesus into their boat, willingly accepted him into the boat. And you know what happened when they willingly accepted him into the boat? Next. What is that? Water, waves, waves. Oh. Okay. Um, then they willingly received him into the boat. And what is it? You remember where they were? Where were they, church? In the middle. In the middle. It, it, they transcended time right here. Because it says they willingly received him in the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. At the land where they were going. Transcended time. God is doing an amazing thing right now, just like he did there. We can't see what he's doing, but we got to know it's good. We got to know that when we willingly receive him into our situation, we will be at that final place we want to be at. What is that place? What are we looking for? Peace. Perfect peace. We'll have it, but we got to invite him into our situation. How do we do that? Jesus, please come into my situation. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Sing it, Terry. go. Say it, man. Listen, invite him however you want to do it. But we got to talk. We got to say, Jesus, take this situation from me. I don't want it. It's not healthy for me. It's driving me crazy. Take it away from me and bring me that peace. And what do you think is going to happen when you do that? When you start meditating on his goodness, his grace, his miracles, you start focusing on that, meditate on that, you will have the peace you're looking for. When you start focusing on what the TV is saying and what the news is saying, I do it every week. I'm preaching to you right now, but I'm here to tell you, I'm going to be on it this week at some point. And you know what it does? Sucks the life out of you. And, and here's how powerful it is. If you're like me, you share it with everybody. <laughs> I'll share it with Kelly. I, we got a group text right here. I'll share it with these guys, and I don't even think about it. It sucks the life out of them. Because I know it does to me. But it does suck the life out of them, right? Anybody you send it to, it does that too. It feels good. I ain't going to lie. I'm just like it. I might send you something this week. Say, stop sucking the life out of me, Pastor. <laughs> Remind me. Don't say it. <laughs> my point is I'm no different guys I get it we're in our flesh but I'm telling you this is a tried and true way to get over it and I'm not perfect it's rhetorical but the more I the more I turn my thoughts to Jesus the, the, the it's, you gotta practice it we practice everything else we practice researching things that Prove our point. <laughs> Practice sitting under his wing. Amen? That's for all of us. For all of us. I know I need to be reminded of that. All right, here we go. We're almost done. Oh, and when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. Oh, this is what happened immediately after they got to where they were going. This is what will happen. God is doing this today. Right? Today. Jesus is walking on water today. He gets us to the place of peace. And this is the result that God is still going to do today. All right? And ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were, they were sick. To, to, to wherever they heard he was. They followed Jesus wherever they heard he was. Where's Jesus today, church? He's in us. And when we start being this light of positivity, this light that people are drawn to, guess what's going to happen? People are going to come to us. Because Christ is in us. What do we do? We pray the power of prayer, uh, miracles in that person's life. And we trust the Lord. I've had people that I know that go to other churches. And when they get bad news from the doctor, you know who they call? And this is not 
Are you know where they go? Maybe even some of you. There's people from other churches that when, when they got a buddy or a family member going through something, you know who they call? Why do they call us? Because we're going to speak by faith. We're going to speak truth. We're going to even we're not going to look at the natural and go, God, I don't know how I, don't, I, I, I ain't going to do this, man. You know what? You got to get right. <laughs> That's a way of getting it off of you. But the moment you pray by faith, the prayer of faith will heal that person. You just pray it. You just speak it. You know why other believe they believe it too, but they know we believe it more. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I know that we're going to speak by faith and not apologize for it. When the rubber hits the road, people will say, "You just can't pray by faith. You got to listen. You got to you got to do all this stuff, man." But when the rubber hits the road, they're going to call us, and you know what we're going to do? Love them and pray over them, and I'll be like, "Are you calling us? Go to your own pastor." <laughs> I've never thought that. But it's awesome to know that people truly see Christ in us. And there's no wall there. They just come. And it's beautiful to be afraid. So uh, wherever they heard Jesus was, that's where they went with their sick. Whoever he wherever he entered, into villages, cities, or in the country. Think about that. Villages, it doesn't matter where. That you could be in Bell, Florida. They laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were, it doesn't say that some, does it? Whoever touched him, they were made well. God is doing that today. Still doing that today. I believe with all my heart. Right now, Jesus is walking on water in the midst of the storm. All we got to do is invite him into our situation and remember that he still heals people. I, I, there's stories all over the place where God is healing people. You know what we focus on? Where people are dying. How many people are living? The thing has a 99%. Why are we focused on death, death, death? Who's behind that? What? <laughs> okay. Oh, he's done. Okay, Lord. Church, I'm telling you, remember his miracles. Remember his miracles. All of them. He's still doing it today. There's miracles in each of your lives. There's miracles. Paul asked us to begin. Has God ever restored you or healed you? What about somebody you know? You focus on those things. Focus on, because for too long, we've been focused on the wrong thing. Focus on God's miracles. Do not neglect or forget the bread. Why did it just say bread, by the way? The healing. Right? It didn't mention wine. It didn't mention the fish. The bread. Jesus is the bread of life. Don't forget that. Don't forget the bread, the healing. Remember that. Why would we need to remember that? Because we're going to get to a point where we think we're dying. And there's no hope. And we're sick. Accept it. Die. Remember the healing. Remember the healing. Don't, don't forget it. Like they did. Right? That's why they lost faith in who Jesus was. They saw Jesus walking the water. They were, they were amazed and afraid. It was Jesus. They forgot the miracle. That shouldn't have shocked them. Today, Jesus is walking on the water. What are we to do? Invite him into our boat. See the steps, church? Invite him into your boat, into your situation, and trust him to bring you a peace to the place where you need to be. Peace and healing. If you're sick, you're looking for what? Yeah. Healing. If you're stressed, you're looking for what? Yeah. Peace. Invite him in, and you will have it. Amen? That's the scripture. I believe it to be true. Pray for me because I need it. I, I'm not just teaching something that I don't need to be taught. Amen. I learned a lot this week. When it said that they neglected the bread, blew my mind this week. Blew my mind. During the Passover, I was like, what is that about? Blew my mind. I learned something this week. I hope that the Spirit has taught you something today. Will you stand with me? Let's be in prayer as we're dismissed. That was a lot of scripture, church. 
Aren't you glad it's the scripture and not my opinions? Although there were a few sprinkled in there. I'll try to fix that. Um, let's just pray and thank him for what he's doing and what he will do. And just for this message that the people that will hear it out there, that they will receive it. Not send emails. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always on time, always true, Father. Thank you for allowing us to see the true Passover lamb in this story. Thank you for allowing us to focus on the bread the, that Jesus is, in fact, the bread of life. Thank you, Father, that we can simply remember your miracles that you always and consistently do. God, that you have even delivered us from death. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much that you still provide miracles today. God, we thank you that, that you're still walking on the water, the storm. Father, there's nothing that catches you by surprise. You are in complete control. God, thank you for going before us, making our path straight. Thank you, Father, that you are on top of this storm that we're in right now. God, we don't have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to be able to willingly ask you into our boat, our situation. And, Father, knowing and trusting every single time we do so, you will always give us what we are asking for. God, we already have peace. We have the peace of God. We have the mind of Christ. Thank you for being our provider, our protector, our restorer, our healer, our righteousness. God, we receive it all, and we thank you for protecting us beyond measure. May we never be amazed or in awe and afraid when we see you doing what you do. You are always for people. We thank you for loving us the way you do right where we are with all our failures you still love us and will use us in a mighty way i pray for these people in this room god and the people beside side that are hearing my voice right now god that you would draw people to them by them being a positive force a lighthouse a beacon of hope for you thank you for using us greatly and richly this week in jesus name let the church say Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. I hope you were blessed. We'll see you Wednesday.